Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Only Podcast. I am your co-host, Austin Smith, joined as always by your other co-host, John Kirby. You can find us on Twitter at ACSmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. And as always, follow the mothership at The Only Colors. Today is probably Wednesday, December 14th. And I'm I'm upset, John. Mm -hmm. I'm upset at myself. I'm upset at Tom Izzo. I'm upset at Mel Tucker. (laughs) But I think most of all, I'm upset at myself. Twice. I'm two times upset at myself. (laughs) I am having actual conversations with people, you chief among them, non-recorded, about how excited I am about the Detroit Lions. I'm reading power rankings. I'm re- you know, refreshing Tankathon like every 10 minutes. I'm watching Baker Mayfield play for the LA Rams, the four and nine. And it's all because Michigan State Athletics are making me do this. They're making me. I have it. I have no say. I want so badly to just be like, "Hey, that's a fun thing." Not grabbing both sides of my coffee table and screaming about how excited I am that the Lions are literally under five hundred. <laughs> they are not even average, and he and I am losing my mind, and it's all because. Michigan State football is, I don't even know. And Michigan State basketball, it has, you know, is celebrating wins against Penn State. Not football. Penn State basketball. Micah Shrewsbury's Penn State Nittany Lions. <laughs> we, like, had to take a week off because this has just been simmering. And I had, <laughs> I had nothing good to say last week so here we are it's december things are as of recording time uh bleak across the spectrum but that's how i'm feeling john what about you i think the great news in that monologue is that there's only we can only really go up sure hope so things are gonna get better or, well, you know, let's. I will say, I will say, 
we did i did threaten this we were down to recording on phone level of of anger with our sons and then we just said you know what you don't deserve it you and and frankly we we are doing no one any service by talking any further about these sons because we're it's they don't deserve any of your time listener we were that disgusted (laughs) so it's it's better to just ignore the kids like they're (laughs) gonna cause trouble like it's not even we're not sending them to the principal's office anymore we're just gonna let them stand in the back of the room and scream for a few (laughs) minutes they'll get tired they'll get all tuckered out um (laughs) this is actually you know what this is this is a this is a lock the back door and leave them in the lawn like out in the backyard situation (laughs) (laughs) he's speaking from past experience yeah this is this is very much like a okay you ate lunch you're not coming inside for a while (laughs) like whatever you want to do out here is fine but you better be ready to take a nap when you come back inside um yeah I don't know where to start. I, I, I suppose we should probably start with um, basketball. Let's. Do you want to start with basketball, or do we if want to start you, with football? If you want. Okay. Um. So basketball. This is, let's. What? Go ahead. So okay. So let's just let's back up to where we left our our friends. Mm. And coming off of PK eighty five. Got out of Dodge, two and one record. A little, uh, you know, wool over the eyes with that two and one record. Beat an Oregon team with six dudes. Beat Portland by one. <laughs> um, and I do not care if you have two starters missing. I don't. It's um, yeah. it was a gutty win. Like, and we celebrated. You said, you know what? You know, you didn't lose. That's that's good. That shows us something. And then the writing was a little bit on the wall with the Notre Dame game, right? They yeah. had lost at home. They had like eight days or something ridiculous, however many more days off in between than Michigan State. Michigan State was clearly undermanned and coming straight from Portland. This was the back end of an NBA back-to-back game written all over it. It's just an auto L. And and they yeah. played and they played like it. Um it was it was a little embarrassing, you know, because you'd like to show up. Because I'm sorry, again, it's Notre Dame. Let's yeah. not pretend like it was a, a an okay team to lose by 18 to. And I know, and I know they had they were down two dudes, but like Notre Dame only plays six guys, you know. Like it's not like they had a tro- treasure trove of options here. And I would like to think Michigan State has six guys of their top eight that could beat Notre Dame six guys, regardless of the travel situation. But they aren't. That's not this team. We learned that. Yep. Um, I think another thing we've learned in, in that in the past few games is that uh, the Maddie Sissoko thing was fun. 
but it was clearly not a real thing. Um, in <laughs> in his last four games, he has scored a total of 16 points, and 12 of those came against Northwestern, another team Michigan State lost to. Um, this one is way more alarming to me than yeah. the Notre Dame one. It's sure. Uh, first of all, hereby petitioning to get Boo Booey as far away from Michigan State <laughs> athletics as humanly possible. This is one of those, like, the, the, like I think of Jim Tomey against the Tigers. It's like they <laughs> beat you no matter what every single time. It's the worst thing in the world. This guy goes for 20 points in this one. Doesn't even play that particularly well. And and. No. Neither does Northwestern, just in general. But they still beat Michigan State 70 to 63, um, despite, I think it was four or five days off after that Notre Dame game. That one's super duper disappointing. Um, I mean, you know, shitty, shitty loss. After that, MSU bounces back. They have won their last two, including going on the road and beating Penn State, who... The nicest thing I'll say about Penn State is that they appear to not be complete and total garbage, which they usually are as a basketball team. They said it's seven and three. They went on the road and beat Illinois uh, the game after Michigan State beat them. MSU bounced back and fought back from, I think, like a 15-point early deficit in this one. Credit them. Gutsy win. They turned around and then beat Brown at home by 18. No participation trophies handed out for these two games you are michigan state you should beat penn state basketball you should beat northwestern basketball you should beat notre dame basketball these are not games that we should get excited about winning uh brown more of the same here's the only thing i'm really taking away from all of this which is i I hand up hand up i have to admit i completely undersold how important Malik Hall was to this team. Like his absence is arguably Shock. the biggest. It, it is staggering how much different this team looks with and without him, especially I feel like on the defensive end, they just can't switch. Like it, your ability to switch kind of like your, uh, I don't know, like two through five is like almost gone his shooting while not you know spectacular is kind of clearly missing msu is going really small and you know just not super ready for it yet i mean like you said akins was out for for a decent amount of that run um it's a little bit scary to think about what's going to happen if hall i don't know how long he's out you probably know that i don't um if he's out for a significant stretch of time into the Big Ten season, his team is going to have to scratch and claw to get through the tournament. I think the uh, to get to the tournament. I think the only good news is that the conference is terrible. There, there might not be a single good team in the entire conference. See, that's well. Going back to Malik, um, he he was given the three week designation three weeks ago, so mm-hmm. I. Wondering if this week, if he's going to probably get this one off as well, knowing there's only one game before the uh, Christmas. And then maybe you you try a tune-up versus Buffalo going into the Big Ten season. Probably the safest thing to do. Don't know if he'll play it. Maybe he will play it versus Oakland. We'll see. Um, 
to to the your point about Malik playing his defense that was I think something that maybe was not realized when until you realize how leaderless this team can be at times and when he uh, is the biggest communicator especially on defense that's very much noticed when he's gone to Michigan State's credit the past two games uh, they've they've put up two really strong defensive efforts um, and I you know maybe it took a little bit to figure that out um, I'm, I, but we do know that with Malik coming back it will only get better um, that is seemingly evident. <clears throat> you had some some thoughts on uh, Maddie, and I think it's really interesting. You know, maybe part of the angst you're hearing here is because the ceiling was so much higher when you saw him specifically playing as well as he was, and it's not his fault. He just is maybe more of what everyone expected right now, which is, which has its pluses, including being an incredible screener. He opens up tons of shots for this team, of which Joey Hauser is canning lately. And his pick and roll opportunities with A.J. Hogard, they have gotten a groove here. And he opens up also the the Tyson um, pick pick and roll uh, curl. It's really nice. And that's what he's going to give you a, those in junk, junk buckets. And I will note, I noticed, I think it was the past two games, Tom Izzo is pulling the, um, do you remember the 2004 <laughs> Detroit Pistons uh, playoff run where Larry Brown sure would, give, would give Ben Wallace the rock on the block first possession every game. <laughs> do you remember this? I do. And it didn't always go well. But we all kind of love – we just bought in on the idea. We're like, if Ben gets engaged early, like, look out. Like, then it's all <laughs> bonus, right? Tom, I think, is doing that with, with Maddie, to which I say, sure, maybe. Yeah. I, I like the idea. I like trying new things. Let's give it a shot. I just thought was interesting to me. I like trying new things when nothing else is working. Like, <laughs> in, so <laughs> – so yes, I would agree with that. And yeah, huge credit to Joey Hauser. Like you said, he's he's actually you know making shots this year at a. He's probably playing actually definitely playing the best he's played at, mm-hmm. as Spartan. Oh, I, I I realize I made a uh, some would say significant error when saying that the conference is uh, all terrible. Um, Purdue's not. Uh, Purdue's actually undefeated and number one in the country. And not I was scared. going through. Well, fair enough. I was going through their schedule, and uh, this, on top of many other things, is making me realize that we really, really need to get rid of preseason polls. Oh, because yeah. they do not mean, and I'm sure we've said this a thousand times on this show, they do not mean anything. Anything. Purdue was unranked coming into the year, and a month and a half in, they're number one. Uh, if I'm, If my memory serves... North Carolina was ranked number one coming into the year, and at this point is unranked. Gonzaga, yeah, I'm watching. A, I'm watching them dick around with the Citadel right now on ESPN too. So this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about. It's it, n- nothing matters. None of these things matter. I guess the only. Yeah, I will reserve the right to say that 
Alabama's number four, Gonzaga's 15, you know, Kentucky's 13. Those are teams we've played, so that's okay. But I don't know. I really think this might be one of those nobody's good year of, oh, of yeah. college basketball. That's like what, big time. Yeah. But that's what you were building toward. Yeah. Mm. This was a very no, like you can you could tell if you're longtime listeners that we are aging so fast because oh, the man. the amount of not only are we like the Big Ten's not good, nation's not good, nobody's good. This is and back in my day when when we were in school. Now those were teams. Like I feel like we're inching <laughs> towards that territory. <laughs> really cool. It, it, it really does feel like that. I'm just gonna start <laughs> drawing every comparison back to Darrell Summers and you know <laughs> if the only they could get to the rack like Kalen Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. It, it's a it's about that time. I'm gonna start saying people should play as hard as Ishbia played back in two. I love it. I love that. Um, yeah, so I don't know, man. I, I really, I think, to add a brief moment of levity here about the future of this this specific season, I think one thing to take away is this is kind of, this is like, this is another thing that's so annoying. Like, I wish they just wouldn't win those games. Like, I, I honestly, I would, at this point, for my own sanity, I would trade the win against Kentucky and the win against what we thought were good was a good Villanova team just to be, I would take the wins over Northwestern and Notre Dame for my own mental sake. I would swap those <laughs> because then I wouldn't be disappointed by these other terrible efforts because I wouldn't be like, Oh, I've seen them do this against really talented teams. It's infuriating. It's the exact same thing that happened last year. And it's happening again, right before our very eyes. It's, it is what it is, but this is really like what I think we were kind of expecting from this season, a middle of the road team that has obvious depth concerns and obvious size concerns. That's all coming to roost. I do still think that they're going to be good enough to get into the tournament and Hey, what, you know, kind of what else can you ask for? Keep the streak alive. And then you got the reinforcements coming next year. The, I, I guess one positive thing is that again, this is recruiting, but we know we've got the class locked up for next year, which is going to be fantastic. Huge influx of talent. It's a much-needed position. On top of that, the names that you're hearing Michigan State be connected with in the 2024 class, Dude. it's like every big recruit is interested in coming to Michigan State. So, you know, we've been – listen, I've been hurt before. I'm ready to be hurt again, but, like <laughs> – that's kind of where this is like my version of the NFL draft for for college basketball. Like I'm just looking, I'm 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 putting all my money in in futures, and this year we're just kind of taking what you get, hoping for a higher draft pick. Oh man, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I hadn't even thought about it, but yeah, it's always the next step, right? But this team, um, we'll see what they look like at full strength when Malik Hall comes back. Uh, we've seen them play well enough to beat the number 13 team in the country. And is there room to grow from there? If Maddie Sissoko plays that well, yeah. But that's mm-hmm. kind of where you're, you got to need. And I would say let's try and enjoy these next few games against what are hopefully um, going to be some of well, probably the most the easiest games the rest of the year. Because mm-hmm. uh, once you get to the Big Ten schedule – and especially after the first two games, even though one is is your arch rival Michigan, so everyone's going to be tuned up for that. Michigan State probably will not be favored 
in a vast majority of the Big Ten games. And it is not like a foregone conclusion that this team will make the tournament. Now, I don't know, like you said, the Big Ten, maybe they're not good, but and maybe none of them are worthy of being afraid of. But I'm certainly not afraid of our own team. <laughs> so, like, yeah. you know, or, or I rather I am afraid of the output that's going to be put on any given night. So it'll be a very uh, winding road here in January, February, and March. And I guess to your, to wrap up the point, the goal then is to see, is this team able to improve individually and as a team enough that when you add on some freshman talent, can you actually become a contender? Because freshmen, as good as they are, or talented as the best are, they are not finished products. So this team still needs to grow a lot to be considered a contender next year, even with those guys. Yup. And that's what we're in for, folks. So strap in, enjoy. Oakland, Buffalo. Yeah, Oakland Rocket Watts returns. That should be fun. That'll be probably the only fun part, except for the post-game camp. He's always a, a blast. So very true. We do love Greg, and I—they're not good this year. But no. Hey. Um. All right, let's talk football. Do we need a commercial break? Yeah, yeah I think we should take a commercial break. <laughs> okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. And we are back. And we have put this off for as long as we can, it appears. But it, it, it's officially the offseason here in East Lansing for the football team. Um, which means over the last couple of years, it's actually been pretty fun. This year, the early portion of the offseason is... Uh, Notably less fun. Um, We've said, again, to reset the baseline for the thousandth time in order to actually think that this program can get to a place where they could be legitimate conference title and therefore national title contenders. You have to have, at a minimum, we said eight wins and a, a top 15 by average recruit rank ranked class. Um, so about that, uh, we've had two decommits since the last time we talked. Uh, Jonathan Slack, the offensive lineman, and Colton Hood, a corner, flipped to Auburn. Um, Slack, it sounds like there was some potential uh eligibility issues that went along with that um 
not entirely sure where that one stands. So, uh, you know, of these two, that one I think hurts a little bit less, to be honest. Um, it's a bummer because he was the first commit in the class. You know, kid from state of Michigan. It's exciting to have him. But that one sounds like it might be out of uh, Tucker and Co.'s hands. Uh, Hood is a little bit more of a disappointing flip. Um, he is from Georgia, I believe, and flipped down to Auburn when they hired the guy from Liberty, Hugh Freeze. Um, yeah, it's an SEC school. You know, you can't get too upset. But we've seen this happen now. Uh, it's becoming a bit of a pattern with Mel Tucker recruits. He lands some guys, loses a handful to flips, but ultimately probably flips a couple back his way. The concerning part here is as as of time of recording, and this could definitely change between now and when we post this, uh, Michigan State sits at 10 commits in the class. Good news, nine of those are four stars. Uh, bad news is there are literally only 10 people in this class, which is just simply, just simply not enough. Uh, to continue to build out the core of what would be a you know championship caliber roster. Um, now again, long ways to go here, but early signing day is less than two weeks away. Um, MSU had a handful of guys on campus recently, including running back Jalen Barber in uh, DB Sean Brown. Um, there was a wide receiver. There's a handful of other guys. MSU feels like they're in pretty good shape with all of them, but. Even if you sign all three, you're only at 13. So MSU needs to do some serious adding to the class. And also the transfer portal um, is, is, is heating up here. So eh, on the recruiting front, you want to see him add a couple more guys. On the portal front, um, decent amount of names have entered the portal. Honestly, as I look at it, none of them are super worrying with the exception of one. Um, just to read out the names, Jalen Hunt, Deshaun Mallory, two depth defensive tackles, uh, Michael Fletcher, uh, again, a depth defensive lineman, Terry Lockett, a depth wide receiver, Chase Carter, who was a freshman defensive lineman, Jarek Broussard, who I think was actually out of eligibility. Uh, he entered the portal. Uh, and Carson Castile. To the draft, maybe. I'm not sure. Maybe he went to the draft, yeah. And then Carson Castile, who again, special team linebacker. I don't think you go through any of those and you're like, oh my gosh, MSU is losing this great player. None of those are all that concerning. The one that's concerning is Jeremy Bernard. Uh, he was a late addition to last year's class, high school teammates with Caden Hauser, uh, and entered the portal four-star recruit. Um, that one's a bummer. I think for a variety of reasons, A, the quality of player that he is, and B, just the inability to hold on to a guy after after only – uh, one season is, is a little disappointing. Now, that being said, there are there's a good amount of receiving talent in front of him and that joined him in that class. I mean, people forget about Antonio Gates, uh, Tyrell Henry. Um, you still got guys like Montori Foster and obviously Keon Coleman that are, uh, you know, a big part of this team. But uh, losing him is, it seemed like for some time earlier this week that everybody was a little bit Sky is falling. Um, John, I'm going to let you get in here in a second. But the, it's not so much about the guys going out with Bernard aside. It's the lack of guys coming in. MSU had some good transfer visits last week, including a uh, defensive lineman from Texas A&M, whose name I'm not going to – I think it's Tunmise Adayel or something like that. 
Um, top 10 kid in the portal right now. He did manage to leave campus without signing, which is a little worrying. Um, but at this point, MSU is basically <laughs> is currently sitting with two transfer portal commits, both of them being tight ends. One of them going to be a preferred walk-on. The other, we're not sure yet. <laughs> One of them is from Norfolk State. He's played for two years. I think he has like four catches to his career. And he's best known for being cousins with Samson Oakland Lola, who is a five-star offensive tackle in this year's class. And then there's also a Wisconsin tight end, Jalen Franklin, who is so far in his career through, since 2018 has more tackles than catches. Um, this is not the momentum you want to see from Michigan State early on in the portal season. Again, it's early December. There's a long ways to go. There's an initial signing day and then a late signing day, and there's portal stuff all the way along between that. But John, how are you feeling on a scale of one to 10 right now? I'm feeling good that I know Mel Tucker is not tampering. He is not tampering in the portal, because if he was, there'd be some commits. Uh, right out the gate. But maybe this is the long game. Um, it, it's a, it is concerning, man. Like, there, there's an, it's, you can spin it however you want. Every story can have a reason. But when there's enough bad, more bad than good, then you have a problem. You know, the Colton Hood, whether it was, however it was decided, he, regardless, he, as you mentioned, you have a 10-person class. You really don't get to be so choosy. You know, then why did you, you know, why did you offer to begin with? It's not, you know, if you really didn't believe someone could take the next leap uh, their senior year. And as far as the portal goes, I think you you nailed it. The losing a big name like that is tough. Um, should be noted that he entered with a no contact distinction. So could could have meant his eyes were wandering long ago, but still that's a problem in itself. Why? You know, like maybe there's some unrealistic expectations of the player, but then rein those in. Right. So, I mean, it wouldn't be that hard to say, look what Keon Coleman did from year one to year two. You have the sale, you know, so it's just, it's all, like you said, concerning. And it's great that there nine of the 10 commits are four stars. It's great that, you know, maybe you don't feel like you lost a ton out of the portal. But at the end of the day, you have a five and seven team that it, what are the reasons to believe that it will become much better? Freshmen don't play right away. They just don't. And not seeing a lot of impact uh, transfers yet doesn't mean they can't happen. Uh, but time, time, uh, you're on the clock. You know, the shot clock's winding down here. And that's yeah. that's where we're at. Yeah, I think that's the concerning part. It, like what you said about the freshmen, like I, and just the amount of roster turnover. I do. It is important again to contextualize where we're at in this process. This is only the third off season for like really for Mel Tucker for all intents and purposes. 
a lot of the names that you saw leaving are not guys that he recruited again, with the exception of Bernard. Um, I don't think any of them actually are. Well, Chase Carter, I take that back. Um, but for the most part, actually Jack Stone, I guess too. Okay, great. Cool. Um, but anyways, it is a lot of more depth guys, uh, in quite honestly, especially along that defensive line. I think a lot of that's happening because you have guys like Alex Van Samarin and a lot of these defense, young defensive ends that are quite frankly, pushing for time. Um, and really Hunt and Mallory didn't play until there were a bunch of suspensions halfway through the year. So I can't really blame them for leaving and wanted to go find a new start. Michael Fletcher never really materialized. Terry Lockett never did much of anything. So, you know, I, I wouldn't, that's not the part that's got me up in arms. It's more that like, I'm wondering what the plan is, I think is what it comes down to. Yep. I think we've been told and shown again, to some degree, what it is um, of the 10 recruits that Michigan State has right now. Several of them are defensive linemen. I mean, Thompson, uh, Job and DePape all, uh, edge rushers, which is great. Um, Jay Vant Brown and uh, the defensive lineman Jordan Hall, or the linebacker Jordan Hall. I mean, these are great. These are awesome building blocks. Your Stanton Ramble is standing strong as a tackle. Of what you have, the quality is high, but there just needs to be more. And I think what it, it, you kind of get the feeling that Michigan State may have gotten a little bit out ahead of themselves when it comes to shooting for the biggest fish, right? You know, the names have been out there. They've been chasing Oakland Lola, who Michigan State made his top four. Feels like he's going to Florida, but MSU, at least in the conversation, you know, they were they were in on him. They were in on several other, uh, you know, offensive linemen. Um, they do have the chance to flip a quarterback from Washington State, Sam Levitt, who's looking pretty good. But it's David Hicks, another example of a guy that they chased quite a bit. They went really big on a lot of big names. And what having only a 10-man class right now tells me, again, without being in the room, is that there was not really a good plan B. Like, it was all attention to the plan A's, period, end of story. You got several of them, which is great. But either there's not really a great plan B, so you're just trying to flip some guys from from some other schools, which is a perfectly acceptable strategy. or you are banking on being able to get some impact players out of the portal. Now, early in the portal, Michigan State not making waves. Two tight ends, possibly neither of which will be on scholarship, doesn't do a lot for, for anyone, especially at that position where you have already have a four-star recruit, have two kids that committed last year, and have Malik Carr all in front of them on the depth chart. Really doesn't make any waves whatsoever. Um, so you're kind of sitting here, again, Today, you it, it, we get the feeling that Michigan State is very much like on their heels, not on the uh, not on the front of their foot, because we don't know what Plan B was. You're not seeing a bunch of flips right yet. Again, we're getting good notes, you know, we're getting good intel, uh, but nothing yet, and we're not seeing anything in the portal. So it's like, where what is? the plan this team has issues that need to be addressed specifically the offensive line specifically anything in the secondary you know and it seems like potentially even another receiver wouldn't hurt at this point so you know i i think people michigan state fans need to be comforted that a there is a vision and b 
you know, it's, it's one that's going to come to life here sooner rather than later. And I think really actually more than any of the recruiting stuff, it's the fact that this awfully coached team, this team that was objectively poorly coached all year, did not fire a single person. Ross L still has his job, did a great job on the recruiting trail to give him some credit. Uh, plenty of other names. That's the one that I only mentioned him because we've heard it said so many times, but like, not a single head is going to roll after that season. I don't know. These are the things that make me think like, okay, you know, I sure hope the whole vision's coming together because there's plenty of reason to be skeptical. Yeah, that's a good point. And the only thing I can think is you waiting until after signing day. um, Which is a shitty move if that's the decision. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> um, huh. You it's, don't have to say anything. It's just it, because it's just that is the current state of affairs. Sitting here tonight recording on Tuesday, December 12th, 13th. I'm an idiot. That's where we are. I, all I'm trying to state is this is quite simply – where we sit at this exact moment 72 hours from now by the time we hit friday we could feel completely different for all we know there are three or four kids that are just waiting for some reason to commit and they'll commit maybe there's a flip that's getting ready to happen maybe there's a kid from the portal who's getting ready to commit we have no idea and quite honestly the only silver lining i will give before we move on to actual games and stuff that we can talk about is that msu I don't necessarily know that early action in the portal is the same as good action necessarily. Like I don't mind them being pickier with who they really want to go after. Like I appreciate that they went after the kid from A&M right away, made him a priority. Great. They had the corner from Wisconsin in last week. Great. If you value these kids right away, go for it. Otherwise, we're seeing kids in the portal take multiple visits this year, which I don't think has always been the case in right. previous years. So it's becoming a little more normalized. You actually have only a specific window of time in which you can declare now. Like, I think it's only only through like, I don't know, maybe mid-January, if that, um, that you can actually put your name into the portal. So I I can't really blame them necessarily for sitting and waiting and saying, well, let's see what the picture looks like a little bit more before we make any decisions. Because with guys playing bowl games, players opting out, players declaring and all that stuff, I got a feeling there's going to be kind of a second wave that comes along. And if that's where Michigan State wants to do its damage, then, you know, so be it. So that's the only caveat I'll give with the portal. Wild times. No one really knows. There's no right strategy, I don't think. You know, everyone's kind of we have because we haven't seen a proven one because there hasn't been enough time to see it. So um, it's a little bit of a roulette, um, but hopefully you can get some guys that you had relationships. Maybe the staff um, had built prior to their first commitment too. I think you're starting to see a lot of guys from Texas A&M take off. Um, <sighs> So I think that will be a a new wrinkle in the future too, is you know 
the Samson Okunlalas of the world and the, you know, uh, high profile guys, wherever they end up, do they stay there? And is, is MSU, you know, while you, you want to be the one they select is being on the table. Does that an advantage if, and when they hit the portal? Maybe, right. probably. So to be determined. Hope so. <laughs> should we, should we talk about, um, Let's just talk about the – you want to do a Big Ten Bowl preview? Yeah. Let's do uh, it. be fun. This is the thing that bums me out the most, man. A lot of these teams I'm going to say suck. And <laughs> and our team sucked more. Like, yeah. it – whatever. All right, so <laughs> December 27th, the guaranteed rate bowl, mm. Wisconsin, a three-point fave over my – preseason college football playoff pick the Oklahoma State pokes Oof. really fell apart Gundy um they're Jeez. lucky that, they're lucky Oklahoma sucks and they can enjoy that yeah uh wild thing about this is Spencer Sanders the longtime Oklahoma State quarterback yeah. is in the portal it's he like gone weird yeah it's this weird thing we're seeing where these guys are some of these quarterbacks like Devin Leary from NC state. Oh, he's coming up soon here in our conversation. Uh, Spencer Sanders are putting their name into the portal so they can go play a grad transfer a year rather than go to the draft. Cause they don't feel that they're ready. going to be fascinating to see where, where they end up. Um, Graham but uh Graham, Graham Mertz also not playing. Great point. Two, uh, we'll get some a look at some new uh, quarterbacks here in this one. Should be fascinating. Boy, this is going to be a terrible game, huh? Oh, my God. It's going to be so bad. Yeah. No quarterback. So bad it's good. Your, your bad quarterbacks who are being asked to leave. Or, or <laughs> are, have, so now you're down to the guys that couldn't play even though you left made those guys leave. Tough scene. Boy. Uh, Wisconsin, um, I don't, I don't think Fickle's coaching, or I mean, I think Leonard, this will be his last game. And then Jimmy Lanard, uh, I believe, put his name into the portal as well, and mm-hmm. said, I would be willing to be hired somewhere else, but I'll stay if yeah. he wants me. <laughs> like if I'm Luke Fickle, I'm like, dude, f that. Yeah, like I. I See, this is another thing with the head coach, like with the coaching. Maybe it's because we were in a bowl last year and like things were good that you kind of like. It's been a while since we've wanted to fire people after a season. It's true. You know, like it, it really has. And honestly, we can't even like. You'd have to go back to the like D'Antonio truly it's, like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic moments. Um, it's been a while. So I listen, Jim Leonard. I would like to give you a bag. Personally, if I had anything to do with it, I'd love to give you a bag and bring you over to our side. But I just, you know, it's not really up to me. But I do hope, <laughs> do hope that it happens. Um, this game is going to be so mid. Bad boy, <laughs> mowers, pinstripe bowl. Minnesota, I think they roll this game against this, the Syracuse team that fell apart down the stretch. Um, started out six and zero, not pleased. 
with the finish. How does um does Dino Babers still their coach, dude? How on earth? Uh, start six and zero, oh, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I hope he cashed in on a contract extension or something. This um, dude, I mean, like, go ahead. Their quarterback, by the way, I think I've mentioned it before, Garrett Schrader, is yeah. as chaotic a quarterback as you will watch. Uh, not in like a fun Dorian Thompson Robinson way, in like a, <laughs> in, but in in like a I think I'm. It, it's like bad Ben Roethlisberger. It's like if Ben Roethlisberger didn't have guys fall off of him, but instead just got sacked and fumbled and threw bad time picks. Like that's he's bad Ben, essentially. So if you like things like that, you might enjoy this game. That kind of a Rutgers quarterback situation. Yes, yes. Can I also say that this is tremendous product placement because I don't know another mower. John Deere, maybe. Sure. But I tell you yeah. what, if I ever need to buy a mower, I'm thinking about bad boy mowers. There's just no question about it. <laughs> what a name, dude. Yeah, like what? I, is... Just good. Just good. <laughs> it's such good all the way around. Dude, yeah, you know that these this was, I have to think, made after bad boy records and they were just like i'm even worried about it <laughs> like just a huge uh sean puffy combs fan was like i'm gonna start a lawnmower company and then sponsor a mid-level bowl game i need that more than anything to be I, I have to know the origins and i won't look it up because i'm gonna choose that truth yeah i think that's the right thing to do dino babers now in his seventh year at syracuse this is his second winning season. Seven and five. I can always be worse. He had a 10 Seven win and season. Five. 10 and three, 2018. This makes no sense. And then went one and 10 in 2020. Sweet. Yeah, Syracuse is one of the bleaker programs out there. The Northeast in general. Uh, speaking of, Maryland, a one and a half point favorite against NC State in the Everyone loves the Duke's Mayo Bowl. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I, oh, man, I really hope to see Mike Loxley get doused in Mayo after this game. <laughs> um, NC State, again, they've been without him for a while because he was injured, Devin Leary, but uh, he, he has entered the transfer portal. Um, I don't know. This could actually be like a fun kind of chaotic game because Maryland is like, yeah. You have, you could get anything from Maryland. And I kind of feel like NC State is sort of in that same boat since Leary got hurt. So, yeah, this will be a good one. And, again, I think we're all just hoping for a big mayo bath for our boy Mike. <laughs> That's all. It's going to be a big bath, man. It's going to be a big bath, like an actual bathtub. Um, this is one of my favorite matchups. Mm-hmm. Uh, December 31st in the Music City Bowl, Iowa takes on the Iowa of the SEC. <laughs> in Kentucky, coached by Mark Stoops, who, as we've talked about a lot, would be a great fit at Iowa, should they part ways with the forenses ever. Well, uh, I mean, see what Cade McNamara has to say about that. Um, <laughs> Time out. Let's not gloss over that. Someone actively chose to go be a part of that offense. And I have to think Cade McNamara had other suitors. 
I would think so as well, but um, Maury's just a masochist. I don't know. I don't know. It's one of the two. Also, fun fact, this is a rematch from last year. <laughs> These two teams played in a bowl game uh, on January 1st. They will have played each other twice in two separate bowl games in the same calendar year. Fun fact. Awesome. Um, <laughs> Dude, that's uh, the game Wendell Robinson went off. I remember. Yeah. That was the Citrus Bowl. Two 10-win teams. Uh, significantly less exciting matchup this time. Um, will Levis gone, so whoever Kentucky's backup is, is is playing in this one. And he's almost assuredly better than whatever <laughs> corpse they're rolling out under center for Iowa. Uh, I will say that I feel as though this should really be the Mayo Bowl. I just it feels like they yeah, have much more of a man. Mayo vibe and a Music yeah. City vibe kind of belongs elsewhere. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, this game I was sucks. I can't wait to I watch it. I was favored. I was favored. Did you say this game sucks? I can't wait to watch it. That's yeah. Uh, this is, think, this had this has like fifteen punts in a row. Written oh, all over it. yeah, a beautiful yeah. disaster, a tragedy. Yeah. Just oh god, it's, just just enjoy it, folks. Because even though we're not playing, we don't want to get this all. We we got a, eight months after this, so just enjoy the punts <laughs> while you can. It's true. A tragic uh, turn of events for the uh, Mississippi State game in the ReliaQuest Bowl. Um, Mike Leach passing away suddenly, unexpectedly, at least to the public at large, I believe, you know, think. Yeah. Um, one of the most colorful characters in college football, one of our favorite coaches just because he represented a lot of what is what we love about the sport is the goofiness mm-hmm. and and he never took it too seriously and i think there's um i think that's pretty cool you know it doesn't always have yeah. to be saving yeah it's just it's just so sad he wasn't a particularly old guy either i think he was maybe 61 but um just 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 so tragic just it teaches you to, in, in a rare serious moment on this podcast. It teaches you to, you know, brings to light that you should talk to the people you love and forgive people who have wronged you and don't take life too seriously because you just you just don't know. Mike Leach, uh, you know, I if anybody milked every single second out that they had on this earth out of it. It was Mike Leach. I mean, the guy was as colorful, like you said, as colorful a character as there was. He left behind an incredible legacy of coaches as well. Uh, His coaching tree was, I saw it today, it was actually kind of staggering uh, the number of guys he's, you know, coached and and, um, mentored throughout the years. And really from a foundational, like, strategy standpoint, he kind of changed the way that the air raid worked. Uh, and he brought it to the SEC with, you know, somewhat mixed results. But, um, yeah, they're going to be taking on Illinois. Uh, it will be interesting to see whether they move forward at playing in this game, quite honestly. Um, I hope for these kids' sake, you know, that the right decision, whatever that is, is made. Um, and I do hope that for Illinois' sake, that 
should Mississippi State not want to play in this game, that they can find uh, somebody for them to play. Uh, I don't really don't think it necessarily matters who it is. Um, I'm not saying this in a way to like bring anything to light about Michigan State, but I would just feel bad for those Illinois kids too because they don't go to bowl games all that often to have that, you know, uh, not have that opportunity would, would be too bad. So hopefully, um, you know, both sides here get kind of the, the right decisions are made by the, the administrations um, and by the bowl uh, as well. So, um, yeah, but for Illinois, um, they did lose their defensive coordinator this week. They saw did. that. They did. To one of the teams that is playing in our next Big Ten Bowl. Wow, what a transition. Thank you. Uh, Purdue hires Illinois' defensive corner, which at the, you said at the beginning of the year. I I just I just couldn't even imagine that. Um, and we think of some pretty made-up shit. So <laughs> the, the fact that Ryan Walters, uh, the head coach at Purdue, is pretty shocking. We'll get to the coaching carousel, um, but, but taking out a – LSU team who just up and down the roster is going to have better athletes. Uh, ten and a half point favorite. How locked in are those guys? You know, I don't know. Yeah. That's why we, that's why these games are still fun is because some, some guys have more to prove than others. Um, so. so yeah, I think also interesting part of this is, um, I mean, LSU's had a handful of guys enter the portal, and they yep. will yep. have a decent amount of guys uh, probably skip out on this game, I would imagine, to, to go to the pros. I think one really interesting one will be um, – I don't think Jaden Daniels is going to go pro. I'll be interested to see if he's healthy. He was beat up in that yeah. SEC championship game, and I just have to wonder if they're you know, going to roll him out there for uh, – uh, you know, not a meaningless game, but a, a game against Purdue. So, um, especially when Nussmeyer, honestly, I was going to say really well in that game. He balls. Yeah, Dougie's Dougie's kid, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, he played really well. LSU looks gotta, to be in good shape. That's it's bad news for the Brian Kelly haters if he's okay. Because, like, uh, man, I tell you what, Brian Kelly, I think we've said it before, guy deserves a lot of credit for the year that he put together after uh, it did not get off to a good start. Well, he's got to finish strong here. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. The um, New Year's Six Bowls will go over pretty quickly. This I didn't know because I just kind of tuned out as we talked about. That's why we took a week off. <laughs> but Tennessee and Clemson are playing in the Orange Bowl, Austin. Oh, it's just too good to be true. It's objectively funny. Yeah. That's funny. It's incredible. I hope they can both wear orange uniforms. I need it. (laughs) I'd like to see that personally. The entire stadium in orange. Orange (laughs) field. I don't want to be able to see what's happening. Um, (laughs) But yeah, this will be interesting. I mean, Hendon Hooker uh, not playing. DJU portal bound so it's a Cade Klubnik versus Joe Milton showdown like we all oh, baby. Um, yeah it should be a fun game I mean this one regardless I mean that's a lot of talent on both sides of the ball again Clemson I think Clemson's had a few guys opt out but um, yeah I don't know that'll be that'll be again just for for the memes will be a good one Clemson's got two potential top 10 picks yeah. so 
and def- on the defensive line. So you never know, you know, what guys will choose. So yeah, I think uh, Trent Trenton Simpson already opted out, or maybe Miles Murphy as well. I would be surprised if Brian Brissy didn't too, because he was banged up all year. So yeah, three dudes that could all easily go in the top fifteen, if not top ten. Uh, Tennessee's probably excited about that. These are the games where you you kind of want to wait till the right before the day before to make your bets. Uh, yes. Oh, absolutely. Have the full scope. Um, all right. Sugar Bowl, Alabama, Kansas State. One team thrilled to be there. The other disgusted. <laughs> Bama, a three-point favorite. I don't – I just – I don't get that one. I think the thinking has to be that Bama, because Bama has had, we're basically going to see the Bama B team. At Don't least care. offensively. I, neither do I. Let me be very clear. The Bama B team is going to still put more guys in the NFL. That's 24 men that are, that they'll roll out there. 22 guys they'll roll out there. For, for the, strictly that B team. We'll put more pros into the NFL than every single person on K-State's roster. It's 22 versus 90-something, and I, you're 85, and I guarantee you it will skew in Bama's favor. Jalen Milrow, it'll be fun to watch. Although I haven't seen Bryce Young officially opt out. Um, I think he's insane if he plays in this game. But um, I'm expecting to see the Jalen Milrow show. I wouldn't expect Jameer Gibbs to play. So uh, I think like four of Bama's offensive linemen have transferred. So it's going yeah. to be a very interesting, I think a couple of their wideouts even transferred. So I, who knows what you're going to get. Uh, all of that being said, it's still if, you think, if you think I'm betting <laughs> on Kansas State against Bama in a bowl game, you are insane. I think if, if I ever see Bama with a single digit next to that minus, I'm going to hammer them. So I, this would be a very like nobody believes in us Kansas State win. So it wouldn't shock me, but mm-hmm. I, I'm not betting against Bama. Kansas State, your uh, Big 12 champions. Yeah. Yeah. Good on them. USC versus Tulane. Mm-hmm. Um, Tulane, shout out on their season. Best, Seriously. Best logo and colors. Interest, great combo. USC only a one and a half point favorite here. Um, Caleb Williams gonna play right I mean like he can't go pro so yeah like what are we doing here Uh, this might be another one of those motivational things where we just have no idea if USC wants to be there at all Um, if Caleb Williams plays I mean they're gonna score a lot it's just can they stop anybody my biggest takeaway about this game is that this is going to be an electric uniform game, like yes. an all-timer. Just incredible uniforms on both sides of the ball. No shared colors. It's going to be wonderful. That's a great call-out. The Rose Bowl, uh, some boring unis, Penn State versus Utah. Utah, a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and while they are the Pac-12 champions, Penn State's got to be quietly one of the hottest teams in the country. I don't even know if it's that hot. I mean, aside from getting their asses kicked, they, they basically got their asses kicked by the two teams, Big Ten teams that are in the playoff, and then pretty much smoked everybody else. Yeah. Like, it's a damn good team. Um, 
again, <laughs> I'm not going to pick against, again, as we look ahead to 2023, I think you'd be silly to pick Penn State to win the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. I'm going to float it out there that I, I do not see them losing the way that they lost to Michigan and Ohio State again. And it's all because of Drew Aller, who we won't see in this game. But that dude, when, when you have a real, real quarterback and those two young running backs and their left tackle, who probably could have gone in the top 10 for Sean, who's coming back, who it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun team. So this, this, um, it'll be interesting to see how they do against Utah here, but because Utah's better than people give them credit for. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of buying Penn State futures right now. On to the college football playoff, you mentioned two Big Ten teams that are there. Michigan taking on TCU. Michigan a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. TCU, um, dream season, probably deservedly made the playoff, considering all the chaos that happened around it. There was really no other choice. Um you know, especially as Ohio State <laughs> backdoored their way in without playing. You know, TCU was afraid of were they going to get in after losing, and they're the three seed. That's how chaotic the season finished. So Michigan rolling right now. Um, I th- I don't believe Corum will be playing. Um, no, he had knee surgery. He's done. So uh, still I, the better team. Yeah. I, Michigan should win this game. Yep. We'll call a spade a spade. Yeah. Um, they got bailed out. I think the entire nation got kind of robbed because USC screwed up. Yep. If USC had won the Pac-12, they would have gotten in and probably been that three seed, or Ohio State would have gotten pushed up to the three seed. We either would have gotten a rematch of that Michigan-Ohio State game, which I would think everybody would love to see, or we'd get USC-Michigan, which would be, at a minimum, more fun to watch. Again, I don't want to hate on TCU because we've, (laughs) in some ways, were TCU. We've been that, like, one of these does-not-belong teams here before. Um, What I'll say for them is that they are going into this game with – negative amounts of pressure on them. I mean, nobody thinks they're going to win. And they already lost. And they lost. They don't even have that hanging over. The undefeated season? Nope. nope, It's gone. Don't worry about it. I I will say, Michigan, my concern if I'm a TCU fan is I don't know how I'm stopping Michigan's offense consistently i haven't watched enough of tcu to know what their defense looks like but i know that they're in close games all the time and i know they've gotten a lot of points scored on them in some and not a lot in others can they slow michigan's run game down enough to make jg mccarthy beat them the way that you know he was able to against ohio state don't know offensively max duggan's pretty damn good he was a Heisman finalist, I think probably deservedly so. And we've talked about Johnston all year. Um, it's a good offense. I don't think they're going to have too much trouble scoring. It's just a matter of can they, you know, can they slow Michigan down? I think, again, from a Michigan State point of view, 
you kind of love that Michigan is so confident and you kind of love that TCU is the huge underdog here yeah. because we've seen what happens when Michigan is that. And, and, and again, to be completely fair, they deserve to be this confident. It's a, what they did to Ohio state was genuinely very impressive, but it's also on tape now. And it was something they had never done before. So it'll be very interesting to see how this all plays out. Um, yeah, I mean, I would I would expect Michigan wins and ends up playing for a national championship, which is like just a, a, an actual nightmare coming to, to coming to life. But um, I will also say, as we transition to the next game, I am disappointed in capitalism. I really expected capitalism to win out here and for us to get Michigan Ohio State in the semifinal. I I am I think a lot of people are probably very proud of the folks on the committee, I am extremely disappointed because I was hoping to see that right away. I'm disgust. I am disgusted. I really thought the almighty dollar would come through for us here, but you know, alas. Even on the doorstep is like, it was odd. I mean, but whatever, I don't care. Um, just a note. If you're going to watch this game, TCU's defense is truly average. So, (laughs) It's it, TCU is going to need to outscore them. Like it's going to have to be a track meet. So if TCU shuts them down, that would be shocking to me. But we'll see what happens. Uh, Georgia six and a half point favorite against an Ohio State team. Thrilled to be here. And and Austin in the most serious program situation of all time. You have. Ohio State's coach, Ryan Day, coaching for his job, potentially, <laughs> in, in the semifinals. Is that, yeah. too, is that too far off? I mean, he got his no. ass kicked at home by Michigan. They wanted his head. And then he's, they're gifted this opportunity, and your prize is playing Georgia. No, I, I, to be honest with you, I don't, I don't think it's – outrageous at all i mean we there's already been articles published about how mike rabel should come home and be the ohio state coach he's in the final four like he can win the national championship and they want to run him i i honestly think though like if he doesn't do that mm-hmm. like he could win this game and play michigan in the national championship game and lose and they might not let him back on the bus i i <laughs> I feel bad for our program, but that's good content uh, to oh steal Ravel tweet. Like <laughs> I, feel I so would be beside myself. I don't even know, man. I, I don't even want to put that out into the world. I will say this uh, based on what I saw from that Ohio state team, the way they folded like a freaking lawn chair against Michigan in that moment, they're going to get killed by Georgia. And this is going to be the game. I'll, I'll I'll just put it up. This is going to be the game that everybody looks back at with CJ Stroud when draft time comes along and says either this dude answered against the best defense in college football mm-hmm. or this dude crumbled again in another huge moment for the second straight year. I will give him credit. He balled against Utah in the bowl game last year. Like that's probably what put him on the map to be what he was a Heisman finalist this year. But if he doesn't do something similar against Georgia and lays another egg, 
that's what's going to cause them to slip down draft boards. And that's what's going to cause Ohio State to lose. And quite honestly, like, I, I know their offense is explosive, but it's also kind of not. Like, I, uh, right now, the thing that would scare me if I'm an Ohio State fan is, A, just everything about Georgia. But, B, specifically, like, your offense has gotten extremely dependent on Marvin Harrison Jr. And he is now going to be going up, probably be shadowed by Keely Ringo. Who is awesome. going to be a top? That's going yeah, to be awesome. Uh, yeah, the top top fifteen pick, probably the first defensive back off the board. Um, I cannot wait to watch those two go at it because they'll both get their own. Harrison's too good to get shut down, but like you have the best corner in college football trailing him, and you you got to have guys like Abuka get open against other really good defensive backs and you need to give your quarterback time against the best front seven in college football. And I just don't know how they're going to do it. I, yeah. I, I just, I just don't know. And I don't think their defense has the dudes to, then again, Stetson Bennett. Yeah. He was a Heisman finalist, probably more of like a lifetime achievement recognition thing, but like, I don't know how they're like Michigan ran all over them. I don't know how they're going to – if Michigan's going to do that, I think Georgia's going to do the same thing. They have better running backs. They have as good of running backs, as as good an offensive line, and better receivers. So And massive tight ends, by the way. Just like you saw what the tight ends did to Ohio State and for Michigan. I mean, goodness. It's scary to think what Darnell Washington's going to do. I think – okay. All valid. I think Ohio State – is going to hang with with Georgia the way that it didn't fall apart until it fell apart in the Michigan Ohio mm-hmm. State game. Let's be crystal clear. Like it was it was a mid third quarter you know tight ball game and then the wheels fell off in a way that we've never seen. We've never seen it happen like that. And because we haven't, you know, since god the Iowa mishap and the Purdue debacle, you know, of which there have only been now three in what eight years, like yeah. true, true debacles. Like they lost to Michigan State, but those were some great games. You know, maybe you could argue were miscoached, but but not debacles. This from from a falling all apart situation. I I just am. I, I would I can't believe like because I haven't seen it an Ohio State would team would do that twice in one year even against elite teams. So I think the other thing that needs to change Ohio State needs to run their offense the way Purdue runs theirs except for with NFL players. Like they are handing the ball off how many times to a converted linebacker? Yeah. Stop. Do not do that. Throw to all of your NFL receivers with your NFL quarterback. I'm going to simplify it for you. <laughs> Play. <laughs> let your best players touch the ball. And when they do that, I don't know if it's good enough to beat Georgia, but I don't think the wheels will fall off. I think it'll be a, a, yeah. a good. I hope so. I am very much pulling for Georgia because I know Michigan can beat. Ohio State. I don't know. I I I don't know if it'll be as bad as last year, but I, I this is this is it. 
This is what we've said all season. With a small blip, Georgia's the best team in the country, and it's not particularly close. Mm-hmm. There was a little, 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 little hiccups, little bit of little, little bit of worry here and there. But again, it's worry in the relative sense. It's worry because of like how dominant you're supposed to be. Michigan and Ohio State and TCU and USC, like the cliff from Georgia to those teams is yeah. sig- it's significant. It's significant. And again, I'm not trying to take anything away from Michigan. They're undefeated. They beat the brakes off Ohio State, and then they beat the brakes off Purdue. Like, they've done what they needed to do, but it's just a different league. I think if it plays out and they play each other, we'll obviously talk before then. But, like, we'll probably talk before then. Um, <laughs> he might be talking to somebody else. Who knows? Um, then... I think Michigan will keep it closer, but Georgia's just a di- Georgia's a, just a different, just a different animal. And the scary part is, I've said this before, we're not at full Georgia yet. Mm-mm. Like in in the grand scheme of, of what Kirby Smart's doing, like Mm-mm. we are we are still at Stetson Bennett, Georgia. We're still at, uh, yeah, like Blake Sims. Yeah, Emma. we're still at, you know, I don't even remember John the, name Dave, of the guy that. Yeah, was, yeah. Who yeah. beat us in that? In that, I don't <laughs> even remember. Like that's what I'm saying. A nameless, faceless quarterback, generic, college, huge. yeah, who never sniffed the NFL. AJ McCarron was the big sexy thing that came out of Bama once upon a time. Let us all remember. Brutal. We are still very much at that version for literally maybe two more games at most of Georgia because uh, behind Stetson with a, Bennett. But wait, with we could be entering that coming off of back-to-back national champions. That's what I'm saying. Like it is entirely possible that we are getting to full death star status. Bama's not falling apart, but like is Jalen Rowe going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft? Cause that's who he's replacing. Yep. At, we're we're approaching significant Death Star status, and uh, I don't know that people are appreciating it. And I, I think they will. They will. You will have no choice. <laughs> like, because remember who's coming back next year? Brock Bowers. Yeah. I think all of their running backs are coming back. I think the majority <laughs> of their offensive line is coming back. Like, I know a lot of defensive dudes are like Jalen Carter's gone. But, like, they just replaced an entire defense last year. You think they can't do that again? I might. I hate I, to tell people, but these recruiting classes are not getting worse. I might watch, you know, the Michigan State games next year. But I also might tune into the Georgia ones. If, oh, yeah. If we reach the level we, we think they could. Um, you owe it to yourselves to watch that football because yeah. it is – it but, is a beautiful bloodbath. But one thing at a time. Um, candidly, the hater in me hopes TCU and Georgia face off, and I'll be rooting for TCU the whole way. Uh, Strong but, agree. But um, <clears throat> I, I just can't have a national champion in my division. Can't have it. So uh, very quickly, do our favorite thing, the coaching carousel. Some things happen. Mm. Our, we, we just... 
I believe all the Power Five uh, vacancies are filled with the tragic exception of Mike Leach now. So uh, I'll go least inspiring to most inspiring. How about Stanford hired Troy Taylor, Sacramento State's head coach? How how does that move you on on the – Troy Taylor? Yes. Uh, A person. Googled him. That much I can say – um without question he is a he is a man <laughs> purdue hires ryan walter <laughs> so we talked about i just can't get excited this is wait no this is less inspiring this is your second no. least inspiring uh no i was just I, I was going to do it but then i'm just reading what was in okay front that's me, fine so. that's fine let's, George, let's not put in the extra georgia that's text fine. Georgia Tech's Brent Key hire is is up there. Again, me. certainly a person of that. <laughs> there's there's no doubt. If I'm Georgia Tech, if I'm a Georgia Tech fan, I'm done. I am. first of all, I'm leading a very sad sports life. Second of all, I am beside myself that Deion Sanders went to Colorado. Beside. <laughs> myself that he is not my head coach living in atlanta how he did some of the coolest shit a player's ever done wearing the coolest jersey ever he went to colorado to boulder oh boy pothead pothead country yeah bunch of stoners um you could have had an atl dion what are we doing yeah man i I don't know because they sold him a bunch of funny money too. So, you know, I, I hope those options best, Dion. Um, I also want to proactively, I want to get all the Colorado fans that, that are probably listening. I want to get you all ready for what's going to happen to you in <laughs> at most 24 months. At most. This man will leave you so fast. And we'll take all that Louis luggage with him. And all the players that he actually likes will follow him. So just enjoy this. Because you might actually get kind of a fun little two-year stretch here because the Pac-12 is not very good. Also, by the way, I continuously and will forever look at the Big 12 standings when I'm looking for Colorado. It happened to me. It's happened to me no less than 30 times in the last since he's been hired. But, um, yeah, you might do a little something. I don't know. This man is not your head coach forever. It's just not the case. So you better hope he brings in a system that wants to stick around and do a good job because otherwise it's just going to be a fun blip. They don't even get to complain. They no. are so oh, no. pat, far past thrilled that the 10 is giving them not just the time of day, came home with them for the holidays. And, oh, yeah. and the family knows that the 10 will leave, but it happened. And good on you, Colorado, for that. <laughs> the, Credit where it's due. Yeah, man. Uh, Louisville hires Jeff Brom, who always wanted to go home, apparently. Which, what does that say about Purdue? When, I mean, that's just where you're at as a program that you couldn't even come close to offering a mama's calling call to Louisville. Like, come on. But produce yeah, something. Oh, well, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. But I'm also like, is that the like? I don't know who it's sadder for. It's sad um, for both everyone. It's yeah. pathetic. 
like it's really bad like i don't i don't think it's good for i just don't know that it's good for anyone like jeff Brown didn't do anything impressive at purdue they went to the big ten championship oh jesus christ yeah (laughs) congrats dude congrats dude sick all right so here's the here's an honest question to take the other side of my mouth is purdue the fourth best big 10 football team this this year in the conference yeah i don't know i hate everything about what you're asking me it's Um, i mean they they are they have to be they yeah that's that's an that is bad shame on everyone what are we we should be embarrassed of ourselves everyone go home Try again tomorrow. Try again tomorrow. Cincinnati. Since embarrassment. Reset the calculator. It's so bad. All right. So quickly, I had Cincinnati hired Scott Satterfield um, because Luke Fickle went to Wisconsin. So that was a great hire, I thought. Yeah, we'll start with Wisconsin. Phenomenal hire. Like A++ hire. Very excited for the high animosity levels that come along with the next Michigan State Wisconsin game as everyone knows Luke Fickle was MSU's number one choice once upon a time um phenomenal hire I mean I think he just fits what they do so well in terms of like recruiting the Midwest he brings to them probably some more recruiting juice than they've had since you know at least a couple years ago um we can get in more doors than they can 100% yeah, I think it's – and you always knew that he was going to stick around for a Midwest job that opened yeah. up. Um, very – will be very interesting to see. Uh, I can tell you he's rooting for Ohio State to win at least a game so mm-hmm. that he can – so Day can buy himself another year or two before he has to leave <laughs> yep. Wisconsin in the dust. Yep, yep, yep. The great it, hire. It is. Um, and, and he snagged North Carolina's offensive coordinator. So. Yeah. I will actually very weird. I will lose my mind if Luke Bickle also gets uh, your boy Drake May to come. Oh, I will not. Well, here's the thing. My wife went to Wisconsin. (laughs) Oh, that's an easy conversion. Yeah. If one. Hey, if this ship is sinking, boys, I I think I know where I'm headed. You're cutting in front of the women and children. You're out. <laughs> and like fully smush facing kids. Just like full palm to the grill. It's like out of my way, Junior. <laughs> oh, man. So, Scott, that means Scott Satterfield's at Cincinnati. So, what does that say about Louisville? Like, yeah, not anything good. Like, it's all so bad. What a tr- like gross little domino effect that happened there. Um, yeah. And then uh, Auburn hires Hugh Freeze. So they now have Hugh Freeze and Bruce Pearl as their flagship coach. Yeah, baby. Oh, man, that is some good stuff. Those guys, <laughs> I just, what's a family dinner like? You know? That's what That's what Bama will do to you if you are <laughs> there. Like, that makes sense to me. You would yeah. sell your soul to <laughs> Satan. To make it stop. Hugh Freeze isn't even a good hire. Like, it doesn't like you will do anything. You don't you care about change. the repercussions, the PR, the way the rest of the world views you anymore. See, like, the thing <laughs> is though, this is what they never should have stopped doing. 
They did this when they got Cam Newton. They won a national championship and a Heisman, and they never should have stopped, ever. They should have just leaned into it even further. Because what's the NCAA going to do? They don't do anything. (laughs) Everybody gets so scared about sanctions and all this stuff. Tell me the last time anything of, of consequence has happened to any collegiate program. Bill Self is coaching this year. <laughs> right <Still>. now. <laughs> as we speak. Will Wade. <laughs> is he still LSU's head coach? I do not know. I'm it doesn't sure. matter. The fact of the matter is he didn't get fired because he was literally caught on tape saying, I will pay this player $500,000. It doesn't even, nothing matters anymore. It never really did. But like he, Auburn never should have gone away from this. Can I can I throw a my actual favorite hire is not a head coach, but okay. by far the best content we've been given so far. Sure. Is Bobby Petrino <laughs> getting hired as Texas A&M's offensive coordinator? <laughs> so good. That is the fact that they let this man within a county of any university <laughs> right now is just just remarkable dude uh I, the fact that he is going to it was it was bobby petrino right yeah but potential potential offensive coordinator okay it didn't actually happen yet they're but, testing the waters see oh, how their public man. reaction was gonna be <laughs> i am dying for this to happen <laughs> dying for this to happen like i want if the texas a&m thing just it doesn't work. I want it to not work in the most spectacular fashion possible. And I think that Bobby Petrino is, is the meteor that the, these dinosaurs need. I love it. And we were so close to Nebraska making another awful hire, but they mm-hmm. did the right thing and got a really good pickup in Matt Rule, who struggled in the NFL. Who among us? And mm-hmm. and really rebuilt two separate, completely downtrodden programs in the NCA. First, I believe Temple, and then Baylor. And yeah, they're giving him the keys. And there's if you can do, I think that's huge. Is like the Temple rebuild is huge for me because. Baylor, you're in yeah. Texas. Here's the difference. The difference, and and then we'll we'll wrap up here. The difference is that he didn't have any pressure on him at Temple. He didn't have any pressure on him yeah. at Baylor, and yeah. now he has all the pressure and this notoriously defunct program weighing down on him. Yes, I. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I believe with Nebraska, I felt good about him coming into the season. I will believe this when I see it, Matt Rule. But you're right. On the surface, great hire. When have we heard that before? Huh? Sure. Absolutely. We'll All, All right. right, John. I think that does it for us. If but, uh, uh, Go ahead. I was going to say, I think the next time we chat uh, will be an episode two from now because the Sarahs will be joining us for the holiday special. All right. Everyone's favorite episode of the year. Coming it up. is. Easily. Yeah. yeah. Looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to listening. Uh, they always do such a good job, but all right, guys. Well, as always, thanks for sticking with us. John, it's been Austin. Catch you next week or in a few weeks.
see ya. <laughs>